when you have the corporate worship and everybody can sing, that then the Lord comes in and He starts abiding in that presence. Amen. Yes, yes. Praise God. So I really do love the uh, the praise and worship here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't you take your Bibles and just meet me in Ephesians chapter one? Hallelujah. I feel happy in my spirit tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask for that quickening power of your Holy Spirit that you take us into the realm where miracles become reality, yes. where there's a substance released of heavenly empowerment, oh God, to achieve all that you've called us to. Yes. We thank you now, Father. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Tell the person next to you it's time to have another drink tonight. Have another drink. <laughs> Of course, we're drinking from the fountain of living water, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is interesting in Scripture how many relations there are between wine and God. And uh, that's because in the Old Testament, you had types and shadows of the Holy Spirit, uh, such as wind and rain. But one of the uh, uh, oil, one of the main types of the Holy Spirit was wine. And that's why over in the New Testament, you see the Holy Spirit in that same contrast. I remember when the fragrances first started coming out in my life, bursting forth in my life. I was sitting in a service one day and it just exploded all around me, the fragrance of grape juice. Mm -hmm. I had no clue in the world what it meant. I just, just like overload of grape juice. And a man of God, ministry and prophet said, who's smelling the fragrance of the Lord? I said, I'm getting grape juice. He goes, oh, the joy of the Lord, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. And uh, see, there's a close core relation between these things. And, uh, it's just time tonight to keep on drinking. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, let me catch up with you. We're in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, the church in Ephesus was a very powerful church, and Paul was the spiritual founder and the father of this church. Uh, theologians who studied this say most likely the church in Ephesus probably had 100,000 members. Now, of course, you can't get them all into one meeting in one place. A lot of times you have the house church group meetings, but you tried to come together for a centralized local meeting as often as you could. But probably easily 100,000 members. Dr. Cho's church in Korea right now is 800,000 members. And you can't get them all together at one time. There's not really places large enough to meet. So he can see 50,000. Now he's actually stepped down from ministry because of his age. Now there's a new pastor. But, you know, 50,000 is pretty good. And just roll service after service after service. Yeah. Uh, Bishop Oyenipo in Nigeria, uh, 400,000 members. They're building a new stadium that'll, uh, a church stadium that'll seat 100,000 church members. Wow. Uh, but isn't that amazing? With a stadium that large, you still can't. You can only get one-fourth of your church in. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. So just rolling meeting after meeting after meeting. So that, that spirit of the Lord moving mightily, even in the early church. Uh, and Ephesians chapter 1 is a book that the, uh, theologians they say it's an amazing book. It's like superlative upon superlative. Paul stacks it high, and then when you think that's it, he somehow keeps stacking it higher wow. and higher. What we have in Christ and what Christ has done for us. Uh, I just want to pick up Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, let's go to verse 21. It talks about uh, how the Apostle Paul is praying for the church members there in Ephesus that they would basically know what is this lifting up power. When you look at it in context, it is the resurrection and even the ascension power that God the Father exercised towards Christ when raising him from the dead. And Paul is praying that they would know what that power is, 
in a very real way in their lives. Uh, verse 20, this is the power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above. Say it far above. Far above. Basically all the yucky things down here are in what we would sometimes call the second heaven uh, the second heaven uh, being, oh, five or six miles up. Sometimes, you know, you think 30,000 feet up in the air where the airplanes fly. There is a, uh, an area up there where Satan has a headquarters, and there's many other evil headquarters positioned in those areas too. Now, one day, there will come a time when Michael, the archangel, is going to grab that guy and throw him down. Okay? And all of the evil principalities, they're going to lose that position of it's uh, an advantage point. Anytime the military goes in, they want to take what? The high ground. So who do you send in force? Air force. You want air superiority, okay? So he's able to work that against us right now, although we still have authority over him. But there's also coming today, he's being yanked down. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be thrown down and he's going to lose uh, what to him uh, currently is a great advantage. But even still in Christ, we're above that. And Christ was seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. The, the Father put all things under the Lord's feet. Yes. In other words, it's under the body. If you're in the body, even if you're the feet, it's still under you. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, or as the Weymouth translation says, the fullness of him who fills the universe with himself. Yes. As this earlier this morning, we were talking about the presence of God. You can go to Pluto. The presence of God is still there. If you're a believer, Amen. it'll follow you. It'll follow you. Glory to God. Yes. Praise God. The deepest oceans uh, uh, down at the bottom, wherever you might be, that presence of the Lord can go with you and be with you. Now, as we move into Ephesians chapter 2, we'll just go straight to the point, verse 6, uh, which refers to where we are in Christ. It says, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So these are all my notes. Your pastor was bringing this up as soon as he saw me walk through the doors just about. <laughs> it's amazing because look at verse 6. God has raised us up together with who? With Jesus. Mm -hmm. And made us sit together in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, so right now, you're sitting on a very comfortable and very beautiful chair, right? It feels good, right? And it's a real chair, right? Yes. But there is a, there's a greater truth for you to understand. While you're sitting here in Raleigh, North Carolina... And this time, on this place, you are actually seated with Christ, where? In heavenly, heavenly realms. places. Okay, so your, your greatest um, anchor of where you really are is in Christ, seated next to him in the heavenly realms. Yes. And one day, that truth will become a full reality, and you will be with the Lord forever and ever. You will see him face to face, and you will realize... Yes, I'm in Christ, I'm in heaven now, and truly all those things are beneath my feet. But technically, because of what Jesus did for you and I at Calvary, you are already in that place. Amen. Now, that is a spiritual reality, mm -hmm. but with a lot of people, they know it's true. Talking about believers, they know it's true, but they still can't seem to bring it into manifestation because they think, well, if I'm above it, it sure doesn't seem like it because I know I'm on the bottom. 
I, I was, as you say, not only at the bottom of the barrel, the barrel was on top of me. I used to be in a place where we were not just poor. We were the poorest of the poor, living in the poorest state in the nation. And we were still the poorest of them. <laughs> I know what government cheese is like. Me and my brothers had enough constipation from the government with all that cheese. We were so clogged up. It wasn't cheese, it was government peanut butter. We didn't starve, but oh, we were congested. Hallelujah. Food stamps, I know what it's like to lick the food stamps. Or you actually, the old school, you actually lick the stamps and put them on a book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my grandmother's giving me and my brothers the books, lick them. And, you know, you get the glue all over your tongue. Right. Uh, we're thinking, well, at least we're going to get some free crackers. Lick them and starving. Let's keep going. Licking. I, know what, I know what under the barrel is. I know what poor is. I, I, I know when you look at some things in life and you think, uh, I, I'm an Abraham, I'm blessed, I'm the seed of Abraham, I'm supposed to be, but, and you think, well, what in the world is going on with my life? <laughs> if all of these things are real, Lord, where am I missing it at? It's very That's interesting, right. isn't it? Very interesting. Tonight, I want you to help step into the reality of actually who you are. Amen. Mm. Amen. You're king, you're sovereign in Christ. Yes. And you, are, you have been empowered by the Lord to rule and reign with him in this earth. One day you will reign in the future over certain areas of, of, how can we say, government or whatever the Lord might place you over, depending upon your faithfulness here during this time. But you still are called to rule and reign in life. There will come a time, if you do good down here, there will come a time that the rewards are going to be passed out. Jesus already told the 12 apostles what's coming for them. Each one of them is going to rule over one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. You know, somebody's going to be wanting Judah. That's always the biggest tribe, right? But, you know, you just, uh, I, I think I would fit in Benjamin. Why? Because the sons of Benjamin, they could sling a stone with their left hand. I'm left-handed. If you're left-handed, Benjamin's probably your spiritual tribe. Everybody's got their niche. You know what I'm saying? And those 12 apostles are going to rule over the 12 tribes, literally, in Israel. And Jesus will rule over the whole world, literally. Yes. It's going to be good. And there will come a time in the future where the Lord will give rule and governorship and control over certain nations, over certain areas of earth, even over certain areas of the universe, star systems and galaxies and planets. God didn't make all that because he was born. Mm, that's right. He made all that because he's got you in mind. Yes. So the better you do down here, woo, you get to skip all those classes when you get to heaven called, you know, Faith 101. <laughs> Prophecy 101. Learn it down here and skip all the classes while so many others will be in those classes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I learned that on the earth. I don't need to go to that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Woo, I'm ready to rule the rain. Lord, where's that fire? Lord, what end of the Milky Way? Lord, take me out of the Milky Way. Give me something else. Hallelujah. Ooh, you don't need no spaceship. Hallelujah. And yes, you can go faster than the speed of light. You can. Absolutely. <laughs> can you time travel? I've had people ask me that. The answer is yes and no. Even some of the greatest physicists, Stephen Hawking and all those guys, they were just like trying to figure, is it even possible? Yes and no. You can only do it in the spirit. That's right. That's right. And when you're taking there in the spirit, you're only an observer. Okay. You can't go there in the natural, because if you could, you might tinker with something. You could, of course, no telling what would happen, right? But you can go in the spirit. I had a friend of mine, a prophet, he was telling me a story. He said, Brother Stephen, I was 
I was in prayer. I got so caught up in prayer that the Spirit of the Lord took me up, and I, I didn't know where He was taking me. But I saw myself sitting on a stone. He said, I could overhear two men talking. And one of these men was larger than the other, older than the other, and he looked, he looked like a tall man. He was a big man. And he was talking to the other man. And I heard him talk. I said, well, what were they saying? He said, oh, I overheard the whole conversation. And the big man said to the other man, with a very kind, loving, father-type voice, he said, look, I don't want there to be strife between your herdsmen and mine. Hmm. He said, Lot, you just go ahead and take, take whatever land you want. And whatever area you choose, I'll go the other direction. He actually saw and heard that conversation between Abraham and Lot. He was taken back in the spirit, in time, 6,000 years, and watched the whole thing. Wow. There's going to be a lot of DVD watching when we get to heaven. There's certain things I want to actually see the way it really went down. <laughs> but you might be surprised at what God might show you now. He's taken others and shown them uh, what really happened at Calvary. Yes. And glimpses of, uh, of things like that that are very, really, it's really sacred stuff. But uh, the Lord, uh, he's got a lot planned for you. You're going to be busy. Yes, you may want to sit on a cloud and play the harp for a while. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Eat some chocolate and go to the, to the lake, right? But after that, you're just like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do something. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you going to be ready for those golf courses? In oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Pebble Beach is nice. You haven't seen anything. Oh, my goodness. Great. Hallelujah. The things God has in store, mm. the buildings, the, the, the facilities, the structures. Woo, glory to God. Let's continue on here tonight. It is time for you to realize that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You are in Him. And all these things that would try to cause you trouble, that would try to hold you back from going into what God has called you to, all that stuff's beneath your feet. And it will bow to the Word as you enforce the covenant principles of God's Word in your life. Can you say yes? Yes. yes. Let us go to a scripture I feel led of the Lord to share tonight. Romans chapter 4. Praise God. Are you happy tonight? Yes. Glory to God. We're going to be in Romans chapter 4. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, speaking of Abraham, it said he did not, at verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. That was a pretty weighty promise also given to him, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now, verse 21 says, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was, he was also able to perform. Now, it says fully convinced. Old KJV, King James Version says fully persuaded. So here's the thing. If you want to move into manifestation, then you're going to have to get into a place where you're fully convinced and fully persuaded that what God said is true. Amen. That's right. Mm, about his presence. Yes. About his glory about his power and when you become fully persuaded that's when it starts to unfold in your life yes can you say yes amen yes. Mm, thank you jesus what does this tell us this tells us really that the challenge that we have before us is not mental it's not a mental issue it's a heart issue that's right yeah. you've got to get it out of here and into here yep and when you get it now you can have it up here and that's good but when it gets in the here and it becomes rooted in you that's when you start seeing the power manifested. Amen. That's when you start going up into the glory. You think, well, this is normal. I belong here. That's when you start going up. 
So you can build your faith up for visions, supernatural encounters, supernatural experiences. Enoch was taken off the planet because he believed. Yes. Now, see, God told him that he was going to take him, but he believed it, grabbed it. And it's that word that inspires faith. Yes. Glory to God. See, faith comes by hearing, and it tells you what you need to hear. The Word. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. Mm -hmm. But see, fear comes the same way also. It comes by hearing the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right? yeah. So you've got to listen to something. Yeah. You might as well listen to what will profit you. Yeah. You might as well listen to what will put you over, not what puts you under. Yes. Mm -hmm. I grew up in church. We were proud of our sickness. And if you had a sickness and you told somebody how sick you were, they'd out-compete you. Oh, you think you're sick? Well, you think you're in pain? You should feel the way I feel right now. I can hardly get out of bed. And they would boast and just take joy in their sin. It was weird. It was weird. You think you're broke? I haven't eaten for two days. I mean, they, they were glory, glory. And of all things, our pastor, God bless his heart, our pastor was named Pastor Rich. He's so poor. He was so poor. Every time he, it was time after the praise and worship, the, we would call it the song, sing, uh, the singing. After the singing, when he's going to uh, go off the front row and walk up to the pulpit, me and my brothers got nervous because he's got to go up there to that chair and bend over and pick his Bible up. But them old slats were so wore out, we knew they were just going to, they could hurt the last any longer and he'd gain some weight. And so the fact that he'd pick that Bible up and you could almost see through his pants. God bless his heart. Oh, he was a holy man, but his pants were wore out. Ooh, hallelujah. And his name is Pastor Rich. Ooh, but it's like he was Pastor Poor. And we thought we thought that was good. Mm. Yeah. He's holy. He's poor. Yeah. And he railed from the pulpit. God doesn't want you to have one of these girls goods. Shoes wore out. Clothes wore out. And ain't nobody being fed in this family. And we shot him in. And we're all poor and broke. And what was on the head came down on the body. Just like it says it does. Yeah. Psalm 133 runs down over Aaron's head, down, down the bed, over the whole body. And we got exactly what he gave us. And, and we were just working it from both ends. <laughs> and he'd stand up there with great joy. Tithe, it was under the law. You don't need to tithe. He might as well pull the gun out, shot himself in the foot. <laughs> so now he's poor. We're all poor. And we're all miserable. Now we're saved and all the way to heaven. You're talking about a defeated group. Yeah. And if he, if he ever would have came in there and said, you have been raised with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realms, we'd have thrown him out. We would have thought he'd lost his mind. <laughs> oh, but when you become persuaded, yes. and, and it starts to hit you, you're just like, oh, hold on a minute. Oh, my goodness, I ain't going to be poor no more. You might not even have a job, but you're like, I know a job's coming. Yes, yes. And if you know a brother and sister in the body of Christ that doesn't have a job, be their eyes and be their ears. You'd be surprised how many jobs my wife and I have gotten for other people. Because like, you love people. You're looking out for them and you call them and say, hey, this is, there's a job opening right over here. Go now. Go now. We have so many people getting really, really good jobs. We all can help each other. I remember I was walking into their church one day and... Um, I, I was doing some traveling in the ministry. Not much. I wanted to do more. And I was just kind of walking to the church one day. And one of the associate pastors, this was a man that had such a generous heart, such a giving heart. Uh, his name was Ralphie. And he said, uh, he said, Stephen, you got any meetings? I said, oh, I, 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 not really. I've had a couple, you know. He said, 
You want some meetings? I said, well, yeah, of course. He said, he said, open up your phone. And he flips his phone open. This was when cell phones were just coming out. He flips his phone open and says, and he says, put these on your phone, write them all down. I said, seriously? He said, yeah, you want meetings? I said, yeah. He goes, all right, here you go. He goes, pastor so-and-so phone number, pastor so-and-so phone number, pastor so-and-so phone number. He gave me 10 pastors right off the bat. Wow. He said, call them, tell them I referred you, they'll have you. And I thought, I wonder if this will work. They don't even know me. I don't know any of these pastors. Uh, but this guy has a sterling reputation. And so I call, I, I'll never forget it. Uh, later that day, I called the first pastor. Hello. Hi, uh, you don't know me. My name is Stephen Brooks, and uh, I'm a minister. And uh, Ralphie referred me to you, and he said I'd be a blessing at your church. When do you want to come speak? Um, <laughs> oh, let's go off the chair. He didn't ask nothing. Just, just the fact that Ralphie referred me. That's amazing. And I, the first seven, boom, instant. When do you want to come? I, it was just like, we'll make you, I, it was wild. And so uh, the three others I, I got a hold of later, but every single one of them gave me a meeting. Beautiful. So I, I, like six months later, I saw, I saw Ralphie. I said, Ralphie, thanks for all those leads. Thank you for helping me. Because a lot of guys hold those cards real close to their chest. Mm -hmm. It's me and, you know, but he just poured out and he, he said, did you call? I said, yeah, I called all of them. He said, you did? I said, yeah, why wouldn't I? He goes, man, I'm trying to help people and trying to help people out. They don't even call. They won't. They Like it's somehow going to come to them. Like, he said, you actually called all of them? I said, I called all 10. <laughs> I've, had, I've already spoken at their church. He was like, man, good, good. And see, that just, you'll go well, there. That opens more. And that opens more. And it yeah. just kept on rolling, kept on rolling. Ralphie's in heaven. He only lived to be 38. When he passed away, thousands and thousands of people, the church couldn't even hold it. He was such a giver. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. But help each other. Yes. Help each other. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes. So uh, become fully persuaded in your heart. When you come to that point, it starts happening. Now, remember, even when you get prophecy, that doesn't mean it's guaranteed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Some prophecy is sovereign. It's going to happen if you don't ever pray at all. Even if you don't get out of bed the next day, it's still going to happen. See, prophecy. Jesus said he's coming back. Right. Zechariah said he will come back. His feet will literally touch down on the Mount of Olives. You don't have to pray about that. It's going to happen. Yep. Right? It, it, it is sovereign. It, and there's nothing that anybody can do to stop it. But there are other things concerning prophecy. You have a part to play in that. That's right. And you need to pray that out. And if you don't invest into it, it may be delayed or it may never happen. You have to grab things. See, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Violence, violence. Take it, so you're, you're going to have to take it. Don't just sit back and think it'll just happen. Go for it and push yourself. Can you say yes? Yeah. yeah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I was a young man in ministry, I, I would go in prayer and I would see myself somehow going to nations. I thought, I don't have a passport. But I like what I'm seeing. I think I'll pray into it. And what would happen every Sunday, right right around two hours before sunset. An urge, a burning, a supernatural passion would come over me to go away and pray in the Spirit for about two hours. And I would go just a short distance from the house. There was a softball field that had bleachers and was always empty on the weekends. And I would, I would go there under tremendous like fire of the Holy Spirit. And I would walk the bleachers and I would pray. And the more I prayed in tongues, the more I did that I could see myself. See, 
I'm becoming convinced of it. I'm going to go to the nations. Yeah. It went beyond just like a prophecy. It went beyond just like a wild idea. It went beyond, it went to, I really think this is going to happen. And the more I prayed and never went out there every weekend, I was like, this is going to happen. Yes. Yes. And this happened. And it's happening and it's still unfolding. We're just running to the nations, running to the nations. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. But invest into your destiny. Yeah. Pray into your destiny and let it become something that you're convinced of. You're, some of you are still a little iffy about it. Could God actually be that good to me? Would yes. God actually do that to me? Yeah. Does he really love me that much that he would take an interest in me and actually manifest this in my life? I would, I would suggest to you that, yes, he would. But, but it's up to you to pray it into something where you're like, this is mine and this is going down. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. This is happening. Amen. Glory to God. And when you do that, when you get to that place like Abraham of being fully convinced and fully persuaded, you're there. It just starts to unfold. Yes. It starts to unfold. Can you say yes? Yes. yes. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Mm. Woo! I want to talk a little bit about how to get into that place of being fully convinced, fully persuaded, and then things start manifesting. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Staying in the presence of the Lord. Always keeping the Lord before you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Fasting. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus taught three main pillars in the New Testament church. Praying, giving, and fasting. This is what the church wants to do. They want to change the doctrine of the formula. Praying, giving, and feasting. Hallelujah. I love food just as much as you do. I love hot dogs. I like hamburgers. And I really like a good key lime pie. Praise God. But there, there is a pillar that if you don't have that in your life, you will not have the strength that you need. There's something about fasting and when you pray that takes you into the presence of the Lord very, very easily, very, very smoothly. I, I did a meeting one time in Taiwan and, and the glory of God was so strong uh, that the host said, he said, we are going to have Pastor Stephen come back and explain to us how, how he's getting into these realms of God's glory. And how we're having these types of manifestations. We want him to come back and teach us. I said, well, you don't have to bring me back. I'll just tell you right now. Yeah. I laid on the floor for 12 days and ate no food. And cried up to God in prayer. God moved in power. I said, that's all it was. <laughs> I said, now let's go eat. Give <laughs> me some more rice. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. But see, it takes you over to a place where the miraculous, you, you, it's easier to grab it. Your faith is invigorated, and you grab it. Mm, mm. So you see great revival now in Africa. You see Nigeria being greatly evangelized. You see what was once called the dark continent, now a continent where the glory's at. Really, the dark continent today is Europe, right? That's right. That's Walk right. around Germany. Find me somebody who's actually smiling. <laughs> That's almost impossible. Walk the streets of Berlin. Uh, or Hamburg, and it's just like, you know, uh, so so God's going to touch Europe, but today what Africa is experiencing was birth out of what took place in the 70s and 80s, and all that was on the menu for the 70s and 80s for Africa was prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, 
prayer and fasting, and then they broke. They broke through. They broke through. So now it's suddenly like we got a shift. Now we've got a discipleship. Now we've got a massive harvest. So you, you begin to work it a little bit different once you, uh, once you break through. You still have to carry the momentum, the impetus of what you've created, but it also moves to a different type of focus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. But you need to do whatever it takes to keep the presence. I'm not saying do a 40-day fast. But you'd be shocked sometimes what three days will do. Yes. Just bring you right back into that presence of the God of the Lord. You feel that love. You feel the embrace of God. So giving, praying, fasting, if you remove any one of those pillars, there will be something lacking in your spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Can you say yes? Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, now let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's drop down to verse 14. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Awake, you who sleep. Who is he talking to? To the church? Is it possible to be in the church and be asleep? Yes. Sure. Hallelujah. It's even possible to be in the church and be asleep physically. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, I, I was in one church where every time the preacher started preaching, the, the elders sitting on the front would fall asleep. Oh. <laughs> How's that when your best supporters fall asleep on you? <laughs> and one of the elders began to snore so loud. This is a church with 2,000 members. 2,000 members. And they, they snore on the front. One of them began to snore real loud. I mean talking unusually loud. Where it's actually destructive. Uh, it's interrupting the message. So one of the other elders, uh, like, elbowed him like that. And he woke up. And he, said, and he started crying. Oh, Pastor, I love you so much. I didn't mean to fall asleep on you again. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Miss Snore. He goes, I just feel such warmth and love in here. I just fall asleep. It just feels so good. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> there are religious spirits that will put you asleep yeah. in church. Ever notice they don't put you asleep during the football game? They let you watch the Cowboys or whoever, or the Panthers. They'll let you watch them 24-7 if you never get drowsy. Mm, but when revelation is being released, yeah. what is this thing that makes you want to go to sleep? Mm. Mm. Very, very interesting. So he says, awake, you who sleep. Tell the person next to you very gently, wake up. Wake up. Mm. Tell them, you can sleep later. I really do believe there is a spiritual awakening coming to America. Yes. We're past the point where we need revival. As you and I both know, the definition of revival is bringing something back to life that previously had life. So that doesn't really uh, speak to the lost. But I do believe there is another spiritual awakening coming back to America. We haven't had one in over 100 years. Mm. We've had some. We've had three major spiritual awakenings in this nation where it has literally swept the country. I don't, I'm not overestimating that. I'm talking uh, spiritual awakenings that would sweep the country. And it's on all the newspapers. It's on all the minds of the uh, of the people. Well, I believe we're going to have that again. Mm. So we need to be ready for that. We need to be awake. I want you to be on the front line. When that big wave is coming in, I want you on the first wave. Yes. Hallelujah. Right in that surfboard of the Spirit. Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Arise from the dead. Oh, glory to God. You can be in the church and be over there in the stuff you're not supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. I remember one time as a, as a young man in the Lord, I struggled with something. And I just thought, God, if I could break free from this, I think that you could actually work through my life and accomplish some wonderful things. But this thing frustrates me, Lord. This thing frustrates me. And I began to draw near to the Lord. And God began to give me strength. 
And one day, that same temptation came to me. And with all of my strength, and with the grace of the Holy Spirit, I pushed it back and walked away from it. And I heard the Holy Spirit singing a song. He said, this is what he said. Some of you remember this old chorus. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. I said, Holy Spirit, yes, Jesus arose with a mighty triumph. And the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 I'm singing about you. (laughs) Up from the grave, Stephen Brooks arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. I had finally won over it by the power of Christ in me. And it has no hold on me anymore. Come on up out of the grave. Yeah. Good Christians get themselves caught in things they never had any attention for. Mm-hmm. You let the devil in your car. He'll, he doesn't want to get out. Mm. You, know, you just give him a ride. Next thing you know, he wants to drive. Mm. Woo, and it'll take you on journeys you never wanted to go on. Right. So just play it safe. Stay close to the cross. Stay close to the Lord. It's good. Stay consecrated. Stay in church. Always stay on fire for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can you believe the Holy Spirit sang that song to me? Yeah. Ready? He's going to sing something to you too. Yeah. Yeah. He'll talk to you. He'll sing. See, it says in the scriptures, he sings over you. Yeah, he does. Wow. Mm, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, arise from the dead. The message translation says, throw off your grave clothes. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. And Christ will give you light. So then... See then that you walk circumspectly or uprightly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. Well, Israel just celebrated uh, anniversary number 70. We really need to have our eyes open because this clock's running down. Hallelujah. We're getting close to the end. And I'm not saying it's uh, five years, ten years, or something like that. But obviously... The Israelites were in bondage to Egypt for 430 years. And so we are told that they were in bondage for four generations. Well, it seems to me like a generation is like a hundred and hundred something other years. So we don't have to try to figure this out numerically, but but 70 years, and if their generation is like a hundred something, there's not much time left. And we might not even go 30 or 40 or anything like that. It just could be five. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. You need to be awake, redeeming the time. That's right. Also because right now, we are coming into fiery Pentecost in just mm-hmm. a few more days. The Feast of Pentecost. And so what happens during Passover is a time to remove all leaven. Get all the leaven out of your house. Leaven was always a type of sin. Get all the sin out of your life so that you can have the greatest Pentecost that you've ever had in your life. Some of you need to go through your your inventory, throw out all those secular CDs, all that stuff that you used to love, mm. but it grieves the Holy Spirit. All those movies that you used to love, but they're loaded with profanity, and you and I both know some of them probably have nudity in them. Mm. You need to throw all of that leaven out right. and clean your house Amen. and clean your heart and get ready for the greatest infilling of the Holy Amen. Spirit you've ever had. Yeah. Amen. A fiery Pentecostal experience. Can you say yes? Yes. yes. Just get rid of all the leaven. Because we're coming into Pentecost in just a few more days. What is it, May the 19th? We're almost there. We're almost there. So let the Holy Spirit do that work. Now, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, 
that sometimes that word's hard to understand. Weymouth's translation says, don't be drunk with wine, a thing in which excess is so easy. Mm. You never meant to drink the whole six pack. That's why I just don't drink it all. Because <laughs> if you don't drink it all, you can never get over into excess. Mm -hmm. Glory to the Lord. Glory Hallelujah. So, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, the, the verse that follows basically says if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to be saying the right thing. You're going to be singing the right thing. You need to be saying words that are the things that Christ would speak over you that are in harmony with God's Word. And when you're filled, tell your neighbor, take another drink. Take another drink. Tell the other person, take, take a break just for a second. Take another drink of the glory. Yes. When you stay filled up, you start saying the right thing. You'll start speaking the right thing. You'll even start singing the right thing. Now, if you are a Christian, but you're, but you're carnal. Mm. Oh, I don't know if I should say it. The Apostle yeah. Paul said. <laughs> sure. Mm, he said, don't be carnally minded. That's right. To be carnally minded is death. What does the word carnal mean? It's a Greek word brought over into the Latin, then brought over to the English. Uh, ever had chili con carne? What does it mean? <laughs> chili with meat? Yeah. Okay. So Paul's basically saying to be carnally minded is to be a meathead. <laughs> That's right. You can be a Christian and be a meathead. I'm not trying to be rude, but uh, you can just you can throw anything in there. But you're not supposed to. You're supposed to filter what you're like. You, you're the gatekeeper, okay? Mm. It doesn't have to come in. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, but you have the mind of Christ. And that needs to be your profession, your confession. Even the songs you sing, where you can minister to others with the song. If you're filled up, let me tell you one of the best ways to know when you're filled up. Songs start coming out of you. Yes. yes. The Spirit of God begins to give you songs, and they just start coming out of you. And sometimes they're not just for you. They're for that brother or sister who needs a lift, who needs a word. And you'll find that song ministers to them supernaturally. But you can't have that outflowing if you're not filled up. Amen. Right. That's why there's a contrast. Alcohol or wine and the Spirit. Mm. Don't get drunk on the wine. Get drunk on the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Tell, the, tell the person next to you, you need to get drunk tonight. You need to get drunk tonight. Tell them you need to go to sleep tonight drunk. Oh, not a scotch on the rocks. Not a little gin and tonic. But the Holy Ghost. See, just this easy. See, just, you just take another drink. Watch. Oh, glory. Yeah. Yes. Yes, say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All right, just drink in the presence of the Lord. Before you get in the bed, just get on your knees. Jesus, fill me up. God, I need you. It's been a long day. Oh, Lord, David came before you seven times. See, the Muslims, they five calls of prayer today. Mm -hmm. But as a Christian, hallelujah. See, I don't mind going to Israel, Arab countries, and hearing the Muslim call the, call the prayer. I just get on my knees. I start calling out to the Lord. Yeah. I just take everything as a positive. Yeah. So, oh, God, I'm getting called to pray again. Thank you, Jesus, for the call. Lord, I just worship you, praise you. Oh, Lord, fill me up. I'm here for another drink of your glory. Lord, you're the fountain of living water. You're the only one that can fill me up and he'll fill you. Yes. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, just fill me. And begin to pour in. Yeah. He will literally begin to pour into you. And you can take it by faith. You can take it by faith. Mm. These things become a reality in your life. A reality in your life. Praise God. 
Are you ready for Ephesians 2, 6 to become a reality? Yes. yes. I, I was in a meeting one time. <clears throat> Prophet Bob Jones was ministering. How many of you heard of uh, Bob Jones? Oh, yeah. He's in heaven now. Yeah. He, could, he could just go to people. He could touch you and say, go up. And if you had faith, you could, you could, if you were willing to release your faith, you'd go straight up into heaven. He touched me one time and said, up you go. And up I, I just closed my eyes and I said, I said, I'm in heaven. He said, where at in heaven? I said, I'm in the city. I'm in the city of God. I said, I'm walking. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm walking down a golden street. He said, now keep walking. I kept walking and I left the city, walked out into the country. He said, where are you at now? I said, I'm out in the country on a beautiful country path. He said, you're called to the nations. And he's just walking me through this. So you, you can go into this. You've got to go by faith where these realities become real in your life. Of going up, going up. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody's going to go up tonight. Yes. But you've got to be fully convinced. I, I saw other people. Bob Jones tried to pray with other people. Now just go up. Just release. Go up. Ain't hey, hey, nothing happening. I don't know why it don't work for me. I'll tell you why. Because you, you don't spend any time in prayer. You come to the meeting completely unprepared. And you think it's just automatic. You have to be able to lean into it. You have to develop yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go into that realm, you have to build your faith up for it. Yeah. But you can't. I need to let you know. You can't go there if you want. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. yep. One prophet told me that knew Bob Jones well. He said Bob Jones goes to heaven uh, more than more often than what people go to Walmart. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He was usually going every day. Uh, I, that, th th those are the kind of people that I like to hang out with. Yeah. Hallelujah. Or you can be very spiritual, but you can be very well grounded, very very solid sure. in the world. You, yeah. In the in the world, you've got to have that platform to launch from. Hmm. But you can't have these experiences. I know there's yeah. fake stuff. I know there's flaky stuff. But I know there's the real. Yes. And the real is amazing. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just even as you're in your chair, just kind of lean into it. Just lean. See, God, you just touch you. You just lean. You cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You lean into those encounters. When they start to happen, that's not the time to go, Whoa, what's going on? No, no. lean. Yeah. Just, just lean forward. Just lean. Just lean into it and let your spirit go and let God take you. Let God take you. Glory to God. Let, he show, let him show you what he wants to show you. But you lean into it. You build your faith. In this last days, there's going to be, an, there's going to be a whole Enoch company of believers. A whole group of believers like Enoch that are walking so close with God that you're taken. Or you're not taken maybe, you know, off the planet, but you're taken. You take it. Remember when the prophet Elijah had been in hiding because of the famine, and he called forth the prophetic word that declared it. And so there's there's hunger and starvation and thirst, and and so Elijah uh, comes out of hiding and reveals himself to the king's assistant. And the king's assistant said, "We've been looking all over for you. They've been hunting you in every country, all the neighboring countries, everywhere. And now you just show up." And he says, "Tell Ahab." I'll stand before him today. He goes, oh, 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 no, no, I'm not going to go do that. Because the moment I leave to go tell Ahab, the Spirit of God will lift you and take you somewhere. And then we'll never find you again. 
What does she say? That was a common occurrence. Mm. That was a common. God supernaturally hid that man. Yeah. And translated that man. Just like Philip with the, the Ethiopian eunuch. After the, the eunuch was baptized. Yeah. He was translated 40 miles away to Ashdod. Mm -hmm. Translated by the Spirit of God. Mm. That's right. I was sitting at a, at a, at a table one time. I, I was the last person to minister at a conference. I got, I got to the back room last. And so they had refreshments for all the ministers. And so the only place left for me to sit was at this one table that had two openings, one for me and my wife. We sat down at the table and we're just kind of relaxing. Some of the ministers at the table I knew, uh, a few I didn't. And uh, I just say, hey guys, it's nice to see y'all. And uh, one of the pastors said to me, he said, Stephen, it's nice to see you again too. I said, um, I said I'm sorry, I, I don't remember your name. He goes, well, I'm Pastor so-and-so. I said, uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. I don't remember you. I, I've never seen you before. <laughs> he goes, I'll cut it out, Stephen. He says, you know, but you came and spoke at my church. I said, no, I've never been at your church before. I don't even know you. And he got frustrated right there at the table. He got frustrated. He said, now, Stephen, cut it out. You do know me. You came and spoke at my church. <laughs> and I said, my wife has been in almost every single church I've ever spoken. And Kelly said, no. She said, no, we don't, we don't remember you at all. He said, you came and spoke at my church on a Sunday night. I said, well, how did I get there? He said, I don't know. You showed up, and I gave you the pulpit. <laughs> and I said, well, what did I do after the, it was over? He said, I don't know. You just left. And I said, I did? He said, yeah. And he said, I gave you a good offering, too. I said, you gave me an offering? He said, yeah, it was all cash. And I said, I spoke at your church. He said, now look, cut it out, Stephen. He said, before I was a pastor, I was an L.A. detective. I put over 3,000 people behind bars. I never forget a face, ever. For 28 years, I was a detective. You came, you spoke at my church, I've got it on tape. And I've never been, he told me where his church is at. I've never been I've never been in that area of LA ever before. Much less his church, much less do I even know who he is. He said, You came and spoke at my church. Well. I had a little talk with the Lord later that night. Because <laughs> the Lord told me while I was sitting there, he's trying to tell me this. The Lord says, just relax. He said, I translated you. It's okay. So I had a talk with the Lord later that night. <clears throat> I said, Lord, this man tells me I spoke at his church. The Lord said, yes, you did. I said, I didn't know anything about that. He said, that was the night, because the minister told me when I came. The Lord said, that was the night you got so lost in prayer. You started praying at 7 o'clock. And the Lord said, what time did you notice the time was when you finished? I said, 3.30 in the morning. He said, you were gone for eight hours. He said, I took you all kinds of places you're not even aware of. Wow. Woo! I had gone into prayer at 7 o'clock in the evening. I got so lost in prayer that when I came out of it, it was 3.30 in the morning. He said, that was the night I translated you to different places. I said, um, I said, hey, Lord, um, that's really cool. I like that. Um, Lord, what's up with that offering? After all, you said in your word, the labor is worthy of hire. And if I was working in the spirit, what happened to the <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. That meeting closed out, and uh, we, we left Southern California, traveled to Albuquerque. 
not even to minister, just to stop off and meet some pastors that some friends said, you need to connect with these pastors. And I met with the pastors, had lunch with them. Didn't know them, they had just met me. And we had lunch. After lunch, I'm getting back on the motorhome to drive on. And they said, we're supposed to give this to you. And they hand me a wad of cash. I said, what's this for? They said, it's for you. I said, I didn't minister at your church. I didn't do anything. They said, God told us to give it to you. And it's a huge wad of cash. I got back into that motorhome, got on the I-40, started driving. I said, Lord, what's all that about? He said, there's your offering. Oh, and when I translated you. Tell the person next to you, get ready. Get ready. There's no telling what may happen, tell them, when you draw near to the Lord. Amen. I had a friend, he got translated to China. Spoke at a conference. And they got him on video and, and, and did translate it back. He was never there physically, but uh, was taken there in the spirit. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to New Testament realities. Yeah. Yeah. It does make quite, quite exciting. You don't have to bungee jump anymore. <laughs> you don't have to skydive out of airplanes. You don't need the, you don't need these kind of thrills. You go beyond that. You go way beyond. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Just tell the person next to you, take another drink. <laughs> the Lord tastes good. Yes. So the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And the more you drink the wine of the Spirit, the more you drink the Lord, you're just like, there's nothing else that satisfies me after this. Any, anything else is like boring. It's not on the same level. Now, you appreciate things. You, you are able to value things. But you know only God is God. Yes. Mm. Can I show you a verse that I know you are familiar with? I, I just felt love the Lord to share this with you tonight. Out of the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 37. Will you just go there to see it with your own eyeballs? I know you can also uh, probably see it on the screen. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he'll give you what? Desires of your heart. Amen. I was talking to a, a good religious man who loved God. Had a lot of religion, but not a lot of heart relationship with God. And we were just talking one day and somehow got on the subject of God taking care of your needs and he just said, well, I'll tell you right now. He said, God will supply your need. That's it. That's all. And I pulled out my little New Testament Bible that had the New Testament Psalms. And I opened it up. I said, read this verse and tell me what you think about that. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He said, I had no idea that was even in the Bible. Wow. <laughs> because needs and desires are two totally different categories. God will meet your needs. But when you draw near to the Lord, He can do some things in your life. I would say they're, they're sacred. They're, they're holy. Yeah. He can touch those little things. Some of them are so sacred, you might not even tell your spouse. You might not even tell anybody. It's just between you and the Lord. What? It's holy. That's right. And God knows what it is. And He not only can do it, He actually would like to. The qualification Go like yourself in the Lord. Go after Him with like a reckless pursuit. Go after Him and push yourself and find inspiration through the lives of others who have sought the Lord with great diligence. It will inspire you because you'll, you'll need that inspiration. 
But when you do that, when you begin to press in, God will give you desires of your heart. Some of the things you don't even need to bring up because He already knows it. Others you may find it in your heart of hearts in very special moments to kind of dance around it a little bit with the Lord. You're not even, you're not even sure if He'd do it. You would like for Him to. You think it would be really cool if He did. But you're not even maybe sure if you should formulate a request of it. But if you hang around with him enough and you do delight yourself and you're just engulfing God and you kind of come out of those experiences and it's, everything's just super calm and you sense, I can ask, I would encourage you to go for it. That's good. Mm. You've drunk so much, you come out of that and you're just like, and he knows that, that he is your all in all come out of that you just think you're like I not only probably should ask I think I'm supposed to and you with great reverence present it before the Lord praise God I, I sometimes find myself in interesting places as a minister praise the Lord this was just a few months ago and I was at I was at a meeting of a great man of God while there, there were many other generals of the faith. And there was a man there who wanted prayer for his sick wife. His wife had scoliosis. Scoliosis and back problems are one of the greatest strengths of my ministry. If you have any kind of scoliosis or back problem, I've had so many people get healed from scoliosis. It's just as easy for me as drinking that water. It's a gift God gave me. It's, it's just a gift. There's... There's gifts of healings. It's plural right. in the Greek. Right. I, I know the specialty areas of healings that I just have like extraordinary grace in from God. It's facts. And so um, uh, a brother had told this man about that healing anointing that I have in that area. And he said, would you please come over to my house and uh, pray for my wife? I said, I will. Now, this man, I'll just his name is Paul. Uh his wife had the back problem. Paul is 88 years old. Paul was very influential uh, in blessing Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. He blessed him financially. Paul was a very successful businessman, still is. But even in the days when William Branham, uh, the great prophet of God, was speaking as one of the speakers of Full Gospel and uh, Demas Shakarian was running that wonderful organization, still a great organization today, uh, Paul was one of the men that God raised up to be like a contributor. I would even say like a Boaz donor. Mm. Mm. What's a Boaz donor? Well, remember Ruth married Boaz. What does it say about Boaz? Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. Yeah. That means basically in a, in a nice way. He had deep pockets. Can we say that? Yeah. He had a lot of money. Okay. So he was a Boaz donor assigned by God to support Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International years rolled by when TBN began to develop. Uh, it was Brother Paul that helped Paul Crouch because Paul Crouch was actually broadcasting on air without a license. <laughs> Paul said, no. Uh, he, he, he told Paul Crouch, you can't do that. You're going to really get, you can get sued by the FCC. So let me help you get licensed so you can do this the right way. 
uh, because if you want to reach the world, you have to have a good platform or right. the whole thing can flop, right? So it was Paul that helped Paul Crouch get TBN in the right order so that they had the right platform to speak it out to the world. And he was also blessing TBN as a great donor to see that ministry go forth and to see lives touched around the world. Where today, Paul's 88 years old. So I find myself, through personal invitation, at Paul's house in Southern California. My wife, she was there with me. And we go into this house. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't know how much it was worth, but I think I can usually estimate pretty close to probably what it's worth. Probably 20, 22 million dollar home. Mm. Overlooking the Pacific Ocean. The finest granite, the finest marble that can be bought everywhere. The, the epitome of design where even the architect traveled back and forth from Paris studying the famous medieval, the castles of the world to get ideas to implement into this man's home. Wow. You're talking about luxury. It was really what I would call opulence. It was beautiful. This man was greatly blessed by God. And this man greatly loves the Lord. All of the wealth that he has came from the wisdom of God flowing into his life, being a good steward, being a good giver, and basically loving God with all of his heart. Mm. All prosperity is rooted in your love for God. Yeah. Seek ye first. Yes. Okay, so it's all based out of a love relationship with God. So I'm at his house, pray for his wife. God's power is flowing. We have a nice time, and we're talking. And uh, at, before I left, he said, um, he said, Stephen, can I share something with you that God did in my life that was very special to me? It just meant a whole lot to me that God would do this for me. I wanted to share it with you. And he's 88 years old, walks with God, and he told me this personal story. He said, I want to share with you something God did for me. He said, I'm satisfied. I have all these things in the world, everything in the world that the world says is whatever. He says, I understand only God satisfies. But I had a little desire in an area of my heart that I had that had never been checked off. And I had held it in my heart, not even knowing what God would think about it. But in a time of being in the presence of the Lord, I presented this request to the Lord. Now, what does the Bible say? Delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. In his presence is what? Fullness of what? Joy. 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 At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He said, I found myself in the presence of God. I decided to ask what he thought about this desire that was in my heart. He said, Lord, I've always desired to get an old car and rebuild it. But not just any old car. I want to rebuild something that's glorious. I want to rebuild something that's rare. I want to, re I want to get a hold of something that's exotic. I, I don't know why, but it's in me. I want to restore something. You know, Isaiah 58 talks about the repairers of the breach, yes. the restorers of those that bring back to life things that once had former glory. And he said, Lord, he said, it just would, it just would make me happy. He said, Lord, what do you think about that? I don't want to be selfish. Lord, if you say no, I'll, I'll never touch it again. And I, I, I'll just, my money is your money. It's yours. 
but I, I really would like to do this. And the Lord spoke to him. One of the craziest verses I've ever heard God speak to anybody about. Um, back in the sound booth, are you able to pull up a scripture on the screen? Can, can that be done? I want you to pull it up from Young's literal translation. Because when the Lord gave, this, gave Paul this scripture, the Lord told him, Now, I want you to look it up in this translation. And when you look it up, just take your Bible and let it fall while it may, and I'll speak to you from my word supernaturally. But get this translation to look at it when, I, when you see it. Because your, our, our basic English translations, a lot of times didn't take the, de the time to dig out the fullness of some meanings. The verse I'm about to show you, and the word that I'm about to show you in the Bible, this is the only place in the entire Bible it's ever used, and it's only used one time. Wow. And God took him there supernaturally. So this man takes his Bible, lays it down. The scriptures open up where they may under the supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit. And he looked, and it seemed like a verse lifted up off the page from the Young's literal translation. By the way, I could give you four other translations that also translate it the same way. And the verse, if you want to see it with your own eyes from Young's literal translation, is the Song of Solomon, mm -hmm. chapter 3, verse 9. Let's see if we can pull it up on the screen. And this is what God told Paul about his request. God's going to do something crazy for you. Can you say yes? Yes. yes. When you seek the Lord with all of your heart and draw near to the Lord, something amazing is going to happen. Some of you are already going there on your smartphones. Praise God. A palanquin. How many of you have ever heard of the word palanquin? <laughs> Neither had Paul. A palanquin King Solomon made for himself of the wood of Lebanon. Next verse, please, my dear brother. King Solomon made a palanquin. Well, Paul saw that and thought, what in the world is a palanquin? Its pillars he made of silver, its bottom of gold, its seat of purple. It's got a seat. It's midst mit, it's lined with love by the daughters of Jerusalem. How many of you want to know what a palanquin is? Because he had sought the Lord. Lord, would you allow me to restore a vehicle and bring it back to splendor, something great, something glorious? And the Lord gave him a verse. And the verse was Song of Solomon 3, 9, and this is what a palanquin is. It is a vehicle of conveyance. You can look it up later tonight in Strong's Exhausted Concordance of Old Testament Words, and it means a sedan. Uh. <laughs> Paul about fell out when he saw this. It's a sedan. The theologians, when they comment on it, says it is a vehicle of considerable expense. Note that the interior was carefully crafted and made with skill and love by the daughters of Jerusalem. It was made of the timber of Lebanon, the cedar, the most finest and exotic wood of the Middle East because cedar is very aromatic and emits because of its resin a very beautiful smell that the scholars say Solomon understood allows you to think with great clarity. You want to think brilliant thoughts, you need some cedar. Hallelujah. Around you. Glory to God. 
Now, the Hebrew, when it says it was paved on the interior, the Hebrew means it was also inlaid on the interior, even with precious stones. So this vehicle had silver in it, had gold in it, had purple in it, and it was a vehicle of conveyance. He made himself a car. <laughs> no, not a Ford, not a Chevy. No, a vehicle. This was what the men could pick up on poles on the side. But it was like the time, the age, a luxury vehicle. Yeah. And they would carry you in it. And it was loaded. It was the Rolls Royce of the day. Paul couldn't believe it. Wow. That is the only place you'll ever find that in the Bible. And that's where God took him to. Mm. So he goes and buys with the Lord's green light. He goes and buys with the Lord's permission the most exotic car he could find on the planet and had it brought to his shop and had, had work begin to done, be done up. The car was from the 1930s. Wow. It was an Italian car. Uh, Kelly's got pictures of it on her phone. And this car was the car that all the Hollywood celebrities and even the movie stars in Italy drove back in the day. Mm. So the company's not even in business anymore. But he got that car and got skilled craftsmen to begin to go through the whole thing and bring it back to its original glory. And the thing is beautiful. He said, Pastor Stephen, please come down to me with, with me in my basement. I want you to see it. I want you to see what God, who loves me so much, gave me a scripture and told me I could actually do this. I said, I've got to see this. I never in the world knew there was a scripture in the Bible talking about a sedan. <laughs> so we go down into his basement. There parked in the corner is the Rolls Royce Silver Seraph that he has. They're parked over here in the other area of the garage. Sometimes these people, they have garages larger than other people's homes. But don't get jealous. I'll do the same for you. Hallelujah. Over in the other part of the corner, is the um, the Bentley Continental. Over here, the first thing I noticed when I came into the garage was the Mercedes-Benz Maybach edition. Praise God. And then, there it was. He said, Pastor Stephen, it took over a year to restore it. And when it was restored, I rushed it to Pebble Beach Golf Course for that very yeah. special once a year show where they bring the most exotic cars in the world in. The Lamborghinis, the Rolls Royces, the, the, the most exotic of the exotic. And he said, my car won second place. Wow. Uh, all the cars there. Wow. Hallelujah. Well, that's it. How much that cost? You probably don't want to know. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember, jealousy is a sin. Let's see, God can do it for you. Yeah. I don't, some of you, you don't even want something like that. Your thing is something totally different. Yeah. Everybody has their different things. Everybody has these different things. Maybe for you, you want, you want to go somewhere. You want to do something. You, you have something. And I'll be honest, the truth is, God put those things in you. Yes, yes. And they will not go away. Yes. Why? Because they're from God. And you really do need to talk it over with, with the Lord. Because <laughs> he's actually the one that slipped it in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If God can give a man a verse about a car, what's God going to give you when you draw near to him? You might be shocked at what he's telling you. Mm -hmm. 
I had a pastor friend that loved golf. Golf is wonderful. Amen. Good idea from the front row. And I really do believe God, golf came from God. The idea came from God. I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful sport. Yeah, it is. You go out on the golf course, you just feel lifted up. Well, it's beautiful. It's like a little bit like heaven, right? I had a pastor friend that told me, he said, Stephen, I, I, I did love golf, but I, I put it before the Lord. I began to love it too much. And in my talks with the Lord, the Lord, the Lord said, you're, you're, getting, you're getting too close over to that attachment. Mm. And the pastor said, oh, God, I love you so much. I'm sorry. I don't ever want you to be jealous. I drop, I drop it completely. The Lord said, I'm not asking you to do that. But the, the man said, Lord, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to even dance around something that might, you know, interrupt you and I, our flow. And today, he pastors a church that owns an entire golf course wow. that was given to him. Wow. He didn't even ask for it. Complete with the pro shop, complete with the <laughs> restaurant, and it's making money. People come in and play golf, and the church holds it. Praise God. Wow. He had the man back in the restaurant cook me a steak while he gave, and gave me a tour. God gave the pastor a golf course. A whole Praise golf God. course. Praise the Lord. Ooh. Yeah. What's he going to do for you? Wow. Paul wasn't a minister. Paul was a real estate man. What's God going to do for you? He doesn't play favorites. But if you're drawn near, you're drawn near. God's going to do something special. Please stand up. There's an anointing. God sees the seeds you've sown. The seeds you've sown today. God sees your heart for Him. God's going to do something special. Going to do something special for you. I want to ask the worship team to take their places. Glory to God. Just lift your hands. Tonight's going to be a landmark night for you in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can mark it. In your journal, your calendar, your diary, you will say, this was a night where me and God connected in a special way. This wonderful couple with the testimony that they shared was a sign for this church. As a sign. Yes. It's a supernatural sign. God's going to make you a sign and a wonder. People are going to look at your life and they're going to be puzzled. They're going to wonder. How did God do that for you? I sure would like that to happen to me. How'd that happen for you? It'll be a witness. It'll be a witness. Praise God. Ooh. Ooh. Get ready. You're about to have a song 37 4 moment. Yes, 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 yes. See the love of God tonight. Mm. See, you, you aim for the Lord. He'll capture your heart in such a way, in such a way. Now, as we sing this song to the Lord, as Pastor Ina leads us into the Lord's presence. Formulate in your heart that one thing that you want God to do for you. 
to speak over your life. No more delay. Formulate in the very secret of your heart that thing that you want God to do for you. Pastor Stephen, I, I don't even know if I can express it. You're in the glory. You're in the throne room. You're in the holy of holies. You can whisper it to the Lord tonight. But before you do, we're going to worship Him. Let your love go up. Let the Lord completely just capture your heart. It's like I'm seeing the, the Cupid thing of the Lord pulling back the arrow and it just shoots into your heart. And the love of God captures you in such a way you'll never be the same. Glory. Glory. Let's worship the Lord together. I believe that
not a need, but is purely in the category of desire. But we recognize that you're the one that put it there. And we're not supposed to leave this planet without that being fulfilled. Lord, the time is short. And as the prophet Amos said, it's time for the reaper to overtake the sower. And what we're about to do, we're going to ask that you would do it quickly for your glory. And as we look at this and worship you, we thank you that you're going to manifest this. Now, Psalm 37. Oh, I, I, the fragrance of the Lord are coming in. Psalm 37, 4. Take your pen. Right next to that verse, right above that verse. Write, right now, that one thing that you want God to do. That very sacred thing. That very holy thing, maybe so holy that maybe your wife, your spouse could be the only person you could even share it with. But you need to write it down right now. Those watching on the internet, come on. Open your Bibles up. Write that down. There's an anointing going out over the internet tonight. Jesus. Jesus wants to do this for you. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. If you don't have a written, printed Bible, take your smartphone and your notes. And just copy paste that verse and put it in a note area that will never be lost. And put your desire next to it. Somewhere that gives you access that you can see it quickly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we're on holy ground and it's happy. It's a happy, happy, happy moment. God rewards, God rewards, God honors, God blesses, God draws near. Many, many forms. Hallelujah. Glory. Do you have it written down? Hold it up to the Lord. Let the Lord see it. As an expression of your faith, that's why you wrote it out. You believe God's going to do it. You're standing continually in a place fully convinced and assured that this is God's will. He's going to do it. Father, I speak over their lives like Abraham. They are fully persuaded that you're going to do this for them for your glory. And it will be a witness and a testimony to others of your power. It will inspire others to go forward. It will be a catalyst of faith every time they share their story. Oh, God, we thank you. Lord God, as you look down on these Bibles, as you look down on these notepads, 
Oh God, see and answer from your holy hill and release your power now. Yes, bring it to pass. Thank you, Father. Lift both hands to the Lord and say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. I receive. I receive. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, pour out your glory now. Pour out the new wine now. It's a happy moment. We praise you. We rejoice in you. We rejoice that heaven is the happiest place there is. And we come up into the heavenly realms tonight. We come up and drink of your glory. We come up and drink of the wine of the Spirit. Oh, God, now let the gifts of your Spirit come down. Let the discerning of spirits begin to fall upon the people. Let healing gifts begin to be released into the people. Lord, give us a precursor for Pentecost. Let the fire begin to come down. We go up. We go up and release the prophetic anointing. Go up in the Spirit. Go up in the Spirit and begin to worship the Lord. And begin to behold the glory of God. He is taking you into the glory. He is taking you into the heavenlies. Drink of His love. Drink of His glory. Begin to speak and pray in the Spirit. Look at what the Lord is showing you, hallelujah, in the glory realm. 
Somebody's going into a room uh, where the miracle anointing is at to receive the oil of the Spirit for that. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. We look towards you right now. We see you high and lifted up. We draw near, O oh God. We see you always before us, O oh God. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Who was taken into the glory? You saw something. The Lord showed something to you. It's beautiful. Pastor, what happened? This happened to me, oh, I don't know, five, six years ago. I didn't share with anybody, except I am. And I was caught up, and there were, there were an angel had lifted me up, and there were angels all around. And they were all looking down at, at something that was transpiring. And they said, look down. I looked down and there was Jesus. And he had a scepter. His, you know, the Bible says his scepter is a scepter of righteousness. He was pointing it at this principality. And he, I, I said, Lord, what, what, are you, what are you showing me? The angel of the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you know, the Bible says the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. But he said, you know what the one just before it is? I said, no. He said, it's poverty. And he said, I'm commanding this principality to put his scepter down. And I saw like dominoes go right down the line. 
but I didn't know if it was that was the time, but he was showing me the time was coming. Mm. Time's here. Yes, the Lord showed you something. Oh, Jesus. This is lifestyle. Remember? Yes. Lifestyle, what happens? Well, um, I saw the Lord uh, sitting, and I saw the, the well, and the Lord was sitting there, and the woman at the well, um, the, the, the Bible saying, the woman at the well, and then Jesus took me inside of his heart, and I felt how he felt for her, and he delighted so much in her. He loved and enjoyed and took such pleasure in drawing her into the light and drawing her into the truth. And I know he was imparting in my heart, his heart, for the love of witnessing to strangers. I love to do that. And I know he was just showing his heart. He had a blast at the well, at the woman at the well. He, he delighted in, in the drawing of I love it. Pray for a moment. Somebody has a word in tongues. Somebody has a word in tongues. You give it, we'll interpret it. Somebody has a message in tongues. It's coming. Okay, so let me know what you got there. place tonight yes and from this place tonight I will touch nations and what I have begun here I will finish here and my glory will be seen throughout the earth I'm lifting a new standard yes a new standard of breakthrough a new standard of grace so go with the flow of my spirit for what you have received tonight is impartation of new wine, yes. of new oil. And I will keep you filled as long as you keep coming back to the well. And I will fill you over and over and over again as I fill the woman at the well who was in sin with love and grace and compassion. So will I fill you. For out of the depths of my heart, I can fill your every death beyond your wildest dreams. So cry out to me and seek me with all of your heart. For I will surely come and visit you and keep you refreshed and moist. And you shall never run dry, says your Praise Lord. Praise God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It might be about time to bring the heart out. Jesus, I feel the anointing. What's the Lord showing you? God took me into a, um, a park, and so we were sitting at a bench. And uh, he said, you know, uh, you never asked me to go walking with you too much, so I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to talk with you. He's telling me things that have been in my heart, not only for myself and my family, but for the people of God. And these purposes and these goodness of all the things that we have desired are truly going to be ours. 
as we speak them out. We just voice activate them right now, Lord. Yes. yes. Thank you, Father, that you've taken me to such a great place so that I might commune with you, mm. so that I might be quiet with you and I might rest in your love. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you tonight. Those walks in the park. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Just lift your hands up to the Lord. Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. some supernatural fragrances tonight. Just wave your hand. What you gonna get, my sister? Stay here. Frankincense and Middle Eastern. Yeah. Middle Eastern. And it smells like something I smelled when I, I went in the spirit. Yes. The marketplace. Yeah. The marketplace is a whole Jerusalem. That's what I smelled this morning. That's exactly Same what I told you. Really got, she said, the marketplace. The marketplace. Is Jerusalem where they yes. have all the spices at. Yeah was all over here this morning. Jesus, we praise you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. So you look happy. The glory's on you. What happened? Um, well, at first I was in a beautiful garden. It was just flowers, beautiful everywhere. And then I turned and looked and I saw what seemed to be a vault. It was filled with gold. Um, gold bars. Yeah. It was gold bars all over the place. It was a huge room filled from top to bottom. Filled with gold bars. 
going to bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Who else God showed you something? We're going to go into a healing anointing. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Isn't the Lord good? Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Lifestyle. Yes. Yes, Lord. I just I want to quickly pray for healing. It's late at night, but God wants to touch you if you need healing in your body. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you. Oh, Jesus, we praise you tonight. Ooh. We'll go over here by the harp. You need to listen to beautiful worship. Our bodies, we live in an earth body. 
Touch our bodies to be strong and healthy so we may serve you fully. We give you all the glory. We thank you that you're here, that your power is here to heal. We worship you. We worship you in Jesus' name. If you want me to lay my hands on you for healing, Pastor Dave, we want to minister to you. I'm ask my wife to come up also. I just want you to come by. Come by and we'll touch you. The moment our hands touch you, receive by faith what you need in your body. Just, just start right here and just walk by. Be on that side. Move on that side. Go to that side. Just get behind this line that's formed. And we touch you, just take it by faith. Praise the Lord. Hips bow in the name of Jesus. There goes. 
So you can see why the, the bit of carp is being restored. Because it carries the glory, doesn't it? When a spirit-filled man or woman of God is operating with that. You see the anointing that flows. Praise God. Hallelujah. What do you need? God heal me in that miraculous. Uh, touch your pastor. Yeah, right now in the name, in of, the name Jesus of Jesus. Christ, Jesus. Christ, receive it. Mm, full yes. restoration. And there it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come forward. What do you need? Thank you. Put your hands. In the name of Jesus, healing in the back. Now, receive yes. that anointing. Now, in the name of the Lord, yeah. healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the glory. Glory, glory. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the, the ringing. Now, loose her. Any damage caused in the ears, any interference being run by the enemy. Ah, that's what it is. He's trying to run interference with wrong signals. I break it now in the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you. Now, Lord, make it up. Super sensitive hearing in the spirit. Preserving in the spirit. New anointing released. Now, double for your trouble. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God. Fire in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, Isaiah 11, 2. Uh, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit, the spirits of the Lord are coming on you in a new dimension. You walk in the seven spirits of the Lord. We thank you, Father God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just one second. We'll meet a few right here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What do you need? Okay. Lift your hands. Receive healing in the name of the Lord. Now, take it by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You meet me right over there. Okay.
impartation now. Receive. Smells like Jolly Ranchers. 
Right, Apple like Jolly Ranchers. Ranchers. The, the green, green The green. Uh huh. In the name of Jesus, receive. Yes, now, in the name of the Lord, yes. Yes. rebuke that thing. Yes. All that numbness loosing, yes. leaving. Life, come back. Yes. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, receive. God's touching you now. Thank you. Take that by This demon of cancer. Yes. Yes. Loose her. Cell of her body yes. in the name of Christ. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I just went right into you. Thank you. Jesus.
lift your hands. Thank you, Father. You're touching the knee. Jesus, we give you praise now. Lord, we give you praise. You gave gifts unto men. The gifts flowing you have given to us. We freely receive, we freely give. Healing into the knee in the name of Jesus. Oh, I see you kicking the old devil. Hallelujah. Full flexibility in that knee. I see you kicking for the Lord in that scene now. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, receive. Yes, funny stairs and laughing. Receive every day now. In the name of the Lord, healing power flows now into the back. Now, there goes. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Father God. All pain leaving. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. in the name of the Lord. You're canceled. You're canceled. You cannot touch her. No more. In the name of Jesus. You can break it off your family too if they'll receive. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, that was a big blast. Thank you. Wow. full mobility in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, speak to the heart, to the arteries, to the cholesterol. Oh, be healed. In the name of 
Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, even as it would appear that it went up without explanation, it's coming down supernaturally. It's being sustained. Yes, oh God. We call that out, the 120 over AD. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Bless you. Thank you, O God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.